Hello and welcome to the Los Angeles Magazine podcast. I'm Leslie Souter, the magazine's food editor and occasional desk-bound podcast host. Today, I am being joined by our producer, Frankie G. Yes, hello, hello, hello. As the two of us guide you, dear listener, through a topic that's near and dear to my heart, and I assume Frankie's heart, outdoor dining. Yes, the May issue includes a salute to Alfresco LA, as we're calling it. And today, we want to shine a light on the already sun-drenched world of patios, rooftops, day-drinking haunts, picnic spots, and other ways to enjoy LA great outdoors and perhaps even greater food scene together at last. So Frankie, uh, I edited this package and so in my opinion every single word is gold. But um, tell me, <laughs> so what, what do you want to know about eating and drinking outside in LA? Well, I'm really excited about this package and I know that a lot of people probably will be seeing as that's what you're supposed to do in LA, right? You're supposed to eat and drink outside. I mean, everyone knows that, right? Uh, one would think, right? Because we have <laughs> yes. this beautiful weather and that part hasn't changed. But actually, I've long talked about LA as the city that's like in denial of its own great weather. We do, we've do. we long had a situation where we have, you know, great, beautiful patios and wonderful places to sit and then restaurants that cook very delicious food. They are not always one and the same, but I feel like right now in the last couple of years, we've really reached a great point where it is now possible to have some of the best food in LA while enjoying some of the best weather in the country all in one spot. Sure. Well, first off, I need to digress because we need to say congratulations what? on the award that you won. What? We cannot neglect this. You won a National James Beard Award, right? James Beard? I won, yes. A yes. James, Beard award, James Beard Award, which is not for facial hair, for those who don't know. <laughs> Would you like to explain to everyone the um, National Award you just won? Uh, yeah, it's actually my second James <laughs> oh, Beard Award, Frankie. Oh, two. Um, they're both actually, corrected. they're hanging on very glamorous thumbtacks <laughs> on the bulletin board behind me currently. Um, the James Beard Awards are, um, have been long called the Oscars of the food world in a way. Most people know about them because it's, it's awards that are given to chefs for being the best chef in the country and the best mm -hmm. chef in the city and, you know, best wine service. And this year in the chef awards, we brought home the top prize for best chef in the country, outstanding chef, Suzanne Goyne of Luke and AOC, which is great. And John and Vinny won an award and, oh, yeah. and it was great. We did, we did really well nationally for the chef awards. But the week before the chef awards is sort of like how if the beards are the Oscars of the food world the week before are sort of like the tech awards okay. for um, the uh, broadcast cookbook and journalism awards, the, the nerd, the nerd beards. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we won a, a journalism award for best food coverage for a general interest publication. That's awesome. So it was July, right? July 2015. We actually did, it's the submit coverage throughout the year. So oh. we submitted our tacos issue and our Italian food issue awesome. and uh, just another great sort of fun food focused issue from 2015. And we beat out GQ and Garden and Gun. Yeah. And it was, um, yeah, I got to go to New York and hear how everybody's obsessed with Los Angeles right now, <laughs> um, which which is great, great, but just don't don't move here, everybody. And yeah, it was great and it was an honor. And um, I think I I like made a speech and barely remember it. And I think I cried. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was very exciting. It's a huge honor, and I think it's representative though of the fact that LA is in a place food wise, you know, that it's never been before. Because as a city regional magazine, we are only as good as the city that we are covering. So mm -hmm. if LA gets really delicious, then so does our food coverage. And that's, I think that's why we're getting so much national recognition right now. Well, that's great. Your LA Mag fam is very proud of you. Thank so you. So congrats again. And on that, let's jump in. Shall sure. We? Okay. So as you stated earlier this month, we did Alfresco LA. So at risk of sounding illiterate, 
Alfresco is outside. It means yes, it's outside. I actually I should know this, seeing as I as I pitched the headline. Um, Alfresco is like outside, um, in the fresh air. Okay. It's outdoor dining, basically. Uh, eating eating and drinking outside is, is what this um, in all ways, in restaurants and picnics and all of that. That was kind of what we wanted to celebrate. Sure. Okay, so the way that you broke this piece down was basically into categories. Mm -hmm. So we have patios. Uh, picnics, rooftops, and sidewalks, correct? Yes, with some other fun stuff in between. Right, right. Drinking dens and whatnot. We, we've got some, some beautiful, beautiful spots. That's great. So, patio-wise. Okay, walk you through some? Yes, let's pick, like, three of your favorite mm. lo locations and why it made the list. Okay, well, I think... You know, well, I'll, I'll start with my most personal one because okay. little known, uh, full disclosure, I worked at a cafe in Los Feliz. I was, I, I worked there from the day it opened through like its first year of business, a little place called Alcove Cafe. If you live in okay. um, Los, the Los Feliz area, you've been there. It's this sort of beautiful converted 1916 bungalow with this brick pathway in front of it. And uh, I think a lot of people have relationships when they work someplace. Have you ever worked in the food industry? Like, you can mm -hmm. never go back. I kind of <laughs> have the opposite experience with Elko. Um, I really, it was such a great place to work. It was such a pleasant environment. Partially because this beautiful front patio that's sort of terraced, it's brick. He's got these these great antique sort of French bistro tables that are dotted about. And there's trees and ivy and umbrellas. And they, this was not there when I worked there, but now half of it is, is um, Big Bar, oh. which they now make these am amazing craft cocktails, which is just made for sitting outside in the sun and enjoying a drink, or in the evening, it's sort of at twilight, and they have to do amazing brunch service. It's, um, sometimes when I'm sitting outside, you just want like a really big salad, and they're great oh, for yeah. that. Yummy pastries and coffee, and it's just <laughs> a really, really pleasant patio. It's one of my favorite patios in the city and I just happened to have worked there for, yeah. for a while. That's awesome. Yeah, I was free. Back in my deep dark freelance days, that was how I made made end meet. But uh but yeah, it's one of my it's one of my favorite places. I also love uh AOC. So AOC we were talking about Suzanne Goyne earlier. Mm -hmm. She is a chef. She um, just won the big James Beard Award. AOC is about 10 years old, and it used to be in a different location. And they moved, I think, maybe a year, maybe two years ago, okay. into this new spot on 3rd Street um, that had been several restaurants before, but that just has this beautiful courtyard in the middle, which is just... Like, it just, it feels like it's just, I hate to, we are a magazine, but it feels like it's out of a magazine. Um, you know, yes. it's got, it's these beautiful windows and sort of, there's stone and, you know, these big long wood tables and mm -hmm. it feels sort of just rustic and elegant and it feels like you're sitting sort of in a, the courtyard of like a French chateau and um, it's a great place. Wow. To, so you've got this beautiful setting, but then you also then have the food of Suzanne Goyne, which is so seasonal and... Nationally award winning. Yes. And <laughs> sees, you know, it's just, it's great seasonal. Talk about a woman who knows a salad. Like that, mm. that, that's just a, she really knows how to work produce in such a remarkable way. And then you've got the wines of Carolyn Stein, who does the wine program there, who's her, her business partner, and um, that are all really emphasizing biodynamic wines these days and the food and the wine and the setting, and it just all comes together in such a great way. Sounds like a great place to take a date. Yes, it is mark that quite down. romantic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm trying to think on, you know, on the more casual side of things, um, there's a little funky place that's newish called Mare, M-A-R-E, with mm. a little accent going up. Uh, chef Eric Greenspan's been a chef in LA for a while. People know him from his restaurant that closed a couple years ago called The Foundry. Um, and he also now has Greenspan's grilled cheese. But what you may not know is if you walk through the kitchen, and I mean like literally through the kitchen <laughs> of Greenspan's grilled cheese, you pop out in this little back courtyard that 
that what used to be behind, I think, the foundry before they turned it over to another restaurant, they kept just the courtyard. They've got like, I think it's like a big ping pong table, like a foosball table when you walk in. Nice. It's it's kind of a groovy, funky little spot, little twinkle mm -hmm. lights above, a handful of these of little tables, and it's muddled like fruit drinks. They do like cocktails nice. with just like muddled fresh fruit and spritzes and it's really mm -hmm. fresh. And then big pots of seafood. So he does like, you can kind of mix and match what kind of broth and what kind of shellfish or something you want yeah. in a big pot. And to me, it just feels like the perfect kind of happy hour spot or like a nice lingering dinner with friends. And it's, but it's, it's casual, it's not fussy, um, but it is small so we can actually get hard to get into. Oh. Um, that's the only, the only caveat I would it's give. Beyonce approved too, correct? Yes, uh, yeah, Beyonce has been uh, spotted there, which ah. uh, is pretty Pretty cool. Miss. Hot sauce in her bag, right? Exactly. Yep. I don't know if she had lemonade, but maybe she did. You're good over here. I know. That's good. That's right. I watched it twice. Um, so yeah, I mean I could go on forever, there's a million, but in sure. terms of straight up patios, those are some of my favorites. Great. Okay. Well, let's get a little bit more scenic. Okay. Let's say rooftops. Yeah, you know, rooftops is sort of a new thing for LA relatively. We've had them, but not that many. Or if they are rooftops, they're like attached to hotels, and it's mm -hmm. been kind of complicated, but there's now some newer places that are awesome and that are great, that are offer gorgeous views of the city and um, a nice place to eat. I'm all about a good rooftop, so three favorites. Yeah, okay. EP and LP, mm -hmm. um, which is sort of a weird name, and I can't remember what it stands for right now. <laughs> Forgive me. But it's in West Hollywood, and it's very West Hollywood. Um, but they do mm -hmm. Southeast Eight. There's a restaurant kind of downstairs, and then the rooftop itself is a bar with heavy snacks that are all sort of Southeast Asian inspired and really funky. They do like soft shell crab bow and crispy tofu fries and turmeric pork skewers. So it's crab interesting. Crab bow is what part bow, of the crab? So, no, bow is oh. like a dumpling, oh. B-A-O. It's like, <laughs> okay. and crab meaning they are made with crab. It feels almost very Palm Springsy up there. These sort of poppy colors and it's edgy and, and chic and the food's great and then the drinks are really good. There's also sort of an ex more exclusive little bar within the rooftop that you can mm -hmm. go to and it's very, it's, it's sexy and chic and fun cool. and young and I like it a lot. Another one I really like is Perch Downtown, which we've written about before. It's the 15th floor of this historic Pershing Square building and you kind of go up this private ele elevator that whisks you up to the rooftop and you step out onto this sort of Moroccan tiled Wonderland where you're staring at the downtown skyline like within it <laughs> from within which oh is really God. great and um, the lights lovely and you have a glass of rosé mm -hmm. and you know truffle fries with you know, steak and truffle fries and uh, it's sort of French Frenchy inspired food you know I will say places like perch some of the, some of the places like the food is great the view is maybe slightly better than the okay. food, okay. but that's okay. okay, it's forgiving. Stay simple at Perch, I would say. But you know, like a little cheese plate and some wine. It's a great like after work downtown spot for sure, very sophisticated and mm -hmm. lovely. So I love I love that spot. So there's this new place that I actually wasn't able to fit in the issue because it was too new and I was ah. filled with fury and rage that I wasn't able to include it fury. because it, it opened sort of after we were already too far into the editorial process. So, but I will tell you fair podcast listeners about it now. Um, Mama Shelter, which is a hotel that opened in Hollywood, there there are branches throughout France, which is oh so chic, and it is awfully cool and, and beautiful. It's got this sort of almost like Miami pop of color, glass all wrapped around beautiful rooftop, big cushy pillowy places to sit, and a menu that's sort of loosely Middle Eastern inspired. There's like skewers okay. and shawarma and like dips and cauliflower hummus and things like that, but there's also a burger and you know, they do some, you know, basic pizzas. But anyway, it's a sure. it's a, it's a simple but really yummy menu and the place just looks really funky and young and youthful and cool and just a total antidote to the sort of stuffy rooftop 
um, hotel patios that we've had in the past. So it's very groovy. Perfect. Well, I'm going to mark that place down for a date as yeah. well. Yes. God, I am going to leave so much ammunition. I know. <laughs> so let's say perfect picnic. Okay. You could have your perfect LA picnic. So we did this for for you, for fair readers in mm -hmm. the magazine, but I will, I will, it, the caveat of that this is sort of the fantasy feast because <laughs> in no way are we endorsing the idea of driving from like the west side to the east side of the west side to the valley to pick <laughs> up these are sort of smattering of ingredients to assemble a picnic. That's way too much of a pain. But I will say we, it, if that was possible, we picked what I think are some of the most delicious picnic perfect items for your Los Angeles spread. Um, so starting with a picnic classic, I think, right? Everybody thinks picnic and you think mm -hmm. sandwiches, right? Sure. Like to. that's what you're going to do. Yes. But like a big, too big of a sandwich, it's like too messy. And also if you're packing it, if it's too wet, it can mm -hmm. get goopy. Mm -hmm. So your answer is the jambon beurre sandwich, which, uh, mm. or well. ham and butter, ah. um, the classic <laughs> French sandwich from uh, Petite Trois, which is Luda Lefebvre's little small Parisian bistro um, uh, in Hollywood on Highland in like a strip mall spot. But they'll wrap them in paper for you and they're just, it's as simple as Parisian style salt cured ham, some shaved radishes, little bits of cornichon, and um, of course this Ooh. the French, loads of just French butter <laughs> that are just wrapped up in a baguette. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> another, another staple for picnics, people think fried chicken a lot, um, but we didn't want to go with your average fried chicken and God knows we have a lot of good fried chicken. KFC. We went with, we, well, we, we did. Ironically, oh, hey we now. did go with KFC, but it's the other, <laughs> it should be Korean fried chicken is ah, what the K stands for. I see. We went okay. for, uh, Chan is a local Korean style fried chicken place, which is basically like they fry it twice, so it's extra crispy and they put you can get it either in sort of a sweet soy glaze or some you can go to various levels of heat mm -hmm. and they're um they're also little drumettes so it's chicken wings usually when you mm. get it which is a lot easier to eat on a picnic yeah. it's more finger food you're not trying to like navigate that giant like <laughs> breast thigh yes. combo so you need you want nibbles at a picnic two mm -hmm. things you can dip there is a hum so hummus right like so i go to trader joe's and i get hummus or like maybe i'll make hummus no you don't. You go to this little tiny store in Echo Park called Cookbook that I, I love. It's sort of a gourmet market and they sell all, all sorts of fancy foodstuffs. But they make this saffron hummus that the a little addition of saffron, it sort of makes this beautiful golden yellow and it, it adds this great extra flavor that like with just some crudité, like some plain veggies or some pita chips dipped in there, like there, it's so good. So a little tub of that stuff. Is, will elevate anything. Um, any Anything you want to dip into it will benefit from its presence. And there's also, you know, we want another little nibble. We became addicted to this stuff at the office. Uh, Valerie um, Gordon has Valerie Confections. We talked about her a lot. She's kind of known as a, as a, a chocolatier across Los Angeles, and she's yep. great. But she teamed up with uh, this design studio called Commune, who does really funky stuff, and they came up with this thing called, like, the Good Mix. And that's really just what it is. It is this dark, bittersweet chocolate covered granola that's made with almonds and cocoa nibs and lots of sea salt and pumpkin seeds. This stuff is so addictive. They gave us like four bags because um, we needed some to shoot to photograph, and it all it's all gone. It was all oh gone within a week. And we've got, and we've got um, a great salad, Nancy's chopped salad from Moza, Nancy Silverton. Um, it's her signature sort of tangy one, and it's not again. It's it's already kind of tossed, but it's meant to wilt a little, so it'll mm -hmm. hang in there. You can't get by without a good bottle of rosé. Um, so there's some good screw top options that you can pick up at Silver Lake Wine and Everson Royce that we that we mentioned. So all that together, you're gonna have a pretty good pretty good spread yeah for sure all right cool well as you put it a good drink tastes even better with a fresh air chaser that's true so 
Uh, Enlighten me here. Yeah. Where am I going to drink? Yeah, so I uh, spent many years perfecting the art of um, outdoor <laughs> patio drinking. It, you know, there, there is nothing like sitting outside and having a drink. Mm-hmm. Sitting inside and having a drink is like somehow this like dark thing, and you're all yeah. like you're inside this bar yes. and it's cozy and it's dark and you're within. It's like it's very yeah. it's very it's very not LA thing. Yeah. We do it and it's great and there's wonderful these sort of like lovely cocktail dens that are like that. But this is not about that. This is about. Right. You're probably going to be there longer. You may even be there while the sun's still out. We talk about a lot of places. Mm-hmm. One that's sort of newer that I really, really like is called ERB. Everson Royce Bar is what okay. that's short for. It is in the Arts District. Randy Clement, who uh, owns Silver Lake Wine and Everson Royce, which are two the two wine shops that he owns. Next to the Everson Royce that is in the Arts District, he took over the space next to it and opened this awesome restaurant slash bar that I think was meant to be a, a cocktail bar but they brought in chef Matt Molina who used to be at Moza to do like the simple bar snacks and so they're so much better than that oh, so yeah, it's totally sure. worth eating <laughs> but the cocktails are really great and they've got you know a bocce ball court that's set up there and you can he, they do like they have a whole menu of shot and beer pe- pairings where you can oh. like to pair like a shot of some whiskey they have a really great whiskey list oh. with like some other craft beers which is great. Right, um, great the wine because again this is the guy who owns Silver Lake Wine and Everson Royce so the wine list is great and mm-hmm. he's gonna bring out really cool stuff and it's it's a, it's sprawling it's huge it's got twinkle lights and a, wow. some trees and it's and big benches and it feels very groovy very arts district and it's kind of a chef hang at night too so you because of the Matt Molina who's there there's a lot of people that get off work kind of late hours and, right. and they serve till like one at, at, in the morning they'll serve food and drinks of course till two so that's a great spot sounds amazing yeah I really like it <laughs> so this list was put together for the drinking specifically with mm-hmm. our drinks editor Caroline Perdia who writes under the handle Caroline on crack for her blog and she <laughs> has a soft spot for this place called 10 pound that is very swanky it is in, it's a McAllen specific bar oh, okay. um, within the Montage Hotel um, that has this little balcony that overlooks the uh, the Beverly Cannon Gardens, and you know, so you can have your Macallan 18 Scotch, which feels very fancy. I think there's like a minimum, and you have to make a reservation to go there, and it's oh. very petite, sure. but it is very civilized. But she <laughs> loves it because little tiny sweet. Caroline is a huge into cigars. She is so, so tiny and cute. She's very, she's very sweet and loves and loves a good cigar. So she really likes um, the fact that they have a, a cigar menu too. So you mm-hmm. can sit out on this patio with have a cigar with your scotch and um, take in a very, you know, that it's just how much more Beverly Hills does it get than it, that? It does. So I'm guessing it's probably out of my 23 year old price range. You know, it's not necessarily. <laughs> you can go for like one great like something on the rocks and sit there, and that's like worth the whole day right, right there. I, I think it, it's a cool. really kind of elevated experience. And then there's a really cool place in the valley in North Hollywood. The guys who did like the 19, I think they did like um, the Bigfoot Lodge and some other bars. They took over this place in the valley that shaped like a barrel. That's a It was it's a renovated old historic building from 1920 and they reopened it as this great bar called the Idle Hour. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. It's got a giant patio. They have live music on the weekends during the day. They do like a brunch, $15 like bottomless mimosas and they have like just live bands it's it's cool it's valley it's not fussy it's like it's not too hipster either it right. just feels like a really fun place great for day drinking oh, um, which you know there's a time and a place yeah. it's day and all the time yeah, so, yeah I was gonna say there's a place it's, it's LA day, it's you day drink, yes. and everywhere so um, it's cool and it's got this great the, the building itself is like such an awesome cool kooky vintage landmark so it's That's another awesome. really really great spot to go get your drink on um, okay so I feel like we need to talk about the Ivy yeah you know um, Amy Wallace who one of our I think editors at large and, mm-hmm. and an, an incredible writer 
writer and, and has focused a lot of her career on focusing on the celebrity world. And she has, you know, spent a lot of time at the Ivy, which is, of course, on Robertson. Um, if you've ever read TMZ, there was a few years there where every single picture was taken <laughs> of somebody sitting outside the Ivy. And she yeah. talks about the phenomenon of the celebrity culture and using this patio, this one particular patio, the Ivy, as place to intentionally be seen. For years, you know, the Hollywood Hollywood dining was all about the, the you know, the secluded booth, mm -hmm. the, you know, the dark bar. Yeah. It was sort of like... The Casa Vega. Yeah, it was, yeah. that was sort of the, the celebrity hideouts of, the, you know, the golden age of Hollywood. You think, mm -hmm. you know, these big booths at Musso and Frank, you don't think yep. about being out on display, but it kind of corresponds with our change in our celebrity culture and our culture. It was used for a while, the, the Ivy, which, you know, is a fine restaurant, great, you know, chicken... Chicken salad and you know sandwiches, and they make really good chocolate chip cookies, actually. Oh. <laughs> which, okay. which, um, but you know, it's it more more than its menu. I think became really famous because if a couple was, you know, if there were rumors of divorce, quick run to the Ivy and have lunch, mm -hmm. so they can see us together. Okay. You know, the, you know, if they're Kardashians, need to show that they're, you know, they didn't have, they're not in bed with plastic surgery. They'll, <laughs> you know, go sit there. So be, it got to be kind of used, and then, but it's sort of transitioned now, oh. where it's become a place so associated with pop culture and. Mm -hmm celebrity sightings, this this idea of the patio that, um, you know, tourists now come there as a, as a, a spot on their star sighting itinerary. Sure. Growing up in upstate New York, basically Canada, um, <laughs> I, I always remember hearing about the ivy and the patio and seeing Yeah, place, and so. it, it's funny. It seems so glamorous. If you actually ever go there, it's very rustic, and there's mm -hmm. like these pillows and sort of shabby chic, and it's really interesting, uh, the phenomenon of sort of uh, our rise and fall of where we are with celebrity culture and with this particular famous iconic patio in LA. Now I feel like we just need to hit for all the pet lovers. Mm -hmm. Where are we taking our pets? Oh, the dogs need to eat too, right? <laughs> yeah, no, when, when I was throwing out, um, st you know, to writers that like, hey, we're going to do something on outdoor dining, mm -hmm. almost everybody came back being like, you have to write about where we can take our dogs to go eat. Because, I mean, the truth is there are we are a very dog-friendly city when it comes to our restaurants very and our right. hotels, and it seems like everywhere now. But <laughs> yeah. we've got, there's some great places um, in particular that not only offer you to bring your dog, but they have some special amenities for your pooch as well. Trails Cafe, which is in, in Griffith Park, which is great, and they've got, you know, yummy post-hike sandwiches and uh, stuff for us, but they also will supply dog bowls and water bowls and dog treats for your dog um, while you're there because, you awesome. know, he's probably tired from yeah. his hike up, up to the observatory as well. For sure. Angel City Brewery, this is pretty cool. They're downtown and they, you can bring your, your, your dog, but they actually make these dog biscuits with the spent grain that's left over from the beer making process. Oh, wow. So they make bis like doggy biscuits out of it. So that's kind of non alcoholic, cool. so I assume. Non alcoholic okay. doggy biscuits. <laughs> Okay. Yep, and then Superba Food and Bread in Venice also gives. There's a little pet store called Bruno's down the block, and they mm -hmm. have little. They get little goodies from there that they'll give to your dog as well. So um, all places because you know he he needs a place. He or she yes. needs needs something to to nibble onto. Perfect. Well, I mean, I think we pretty much touched on everything you can for outdoors. Yeah, I think I'm sunburned from all yeah. the outside <laughs> dining I've been doing over the last few minutes. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, thank you very much for sitting down as we do every month. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Thank you, Frankie. And um, yeah, everyone go, go out and bon appetit and enjoy the great outdoors.